Welcome to Living on Purpose. I'm Mark Pumphrey here with my co-host, Dr. Christy Stewart, coming to you from the Circle City, Indianapolis, Indiana. Before we start our show today, we wanted to share some exciting news. For anybody wanting to listen to our past shows, you can now go to our DJ page and click on Podcast. And all the shows are available without membership, which we are really excited about. But since membership income is one of the avenues on providing us a platform for this show and helps support Indie Air Radio, we will share a few options on how you can support our show without a monthly commitment. But we also would like to thank those that do. Today we're going to talk about if it's important to be a good person. I think first we need to define what we're referring to as a good person. You know, one definition is a good person that displays moral virtue and is good to others. You know, interesting for this show that being virtuous in most definitions includes being honest. So that's kind of, I think that's going to be a paradox that we're going to look at. Mm -hmm. Um, But it also implies being courteous, compassionate, wise, and beloved. So Christy, why should we be good? Why not just do whatever the hell we want and do it whenever we want? I think, you know, I think that's a good question and one that we look at when we try to define life meaning and living on purpose. And I think it's been asked throughout time. I think there are three big influential things on our belief, and that would be religion, history, and of course, science. I would think religion is one of the most that people relate to, but that would just be my opinion. I don't think it had, but we're going to explore each one of these, right? Sure. I think that in our culture, uh, in a lot of cultures, depending upon you know, looking at different religions and different cultural settings, I think that it is the most influential, um, but we are going to look at all three. But let's start with religion first. Okay. Okay, so the Christian philosopher Augustine gave us the concept of original sin, right? We're all created in in the likeness and image of God that's perfect, but we have this spark of fundamental evil in us that we need to overcome. You know, in the Bible it references many times that bad behavior is rewarded. For example, Jeremiah 12.1 says that the wicked are happy and rewarded. So if we're born a sinner and bad is rewarded, why be good? Well, I think most Christians would agree that since we're all created in the likeness and image of God, and again, God is perfect, that we should all strive for that goodness we believe that God is and try to model that behavior to be good. Um, Jesus also said to love thy neighbor. I think Loving implies being good to them. There are many references in the Bible that talk about this. Um, Just a few. Proverbs 3.27. It says, clearly, not to withhold good from others. Ephesians 2.10 directs us to do good works. And Galatians 6.9 tells us not to get tired of doing good, even when we want to, because we're going to be rewarded for it. Well, and that's really hard when people are being bad, well, to you or anybody you know, And that's true. You know, there's a saying, what man meant for harm, God meant for good. And I think this really applies here. You know, even when someone is bad to you or bad to the world in general, you know, it's a Christian truth that God will use that for good. Christianity believes that in the end, it will be the will of God, right? Even if it was intended to be bad or to do harm, the concept that God is bigger than anything that man can do. And uh, all of Psalms 37 Uh, talks about this and that God will always make it right in the end. When thinking about this, can that mean just stretching yourself too? What you might think is a bad thing is really lining you up for a good thing? 
because it's making you stretch or get outside your comfort zone. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a good point. Maybe, yeah, potentially. You know, there, there's another phrase that people yeah, people use, and that's getting kicked up the stairs. Hmm. Right? So then that's true. You know, you perceive that something is bad or somebody has harmed you or has done something to you, but in the end, it actually propels you to a higher place. And so in the end, it's a good thing. Right. Uh, same but kind it... of concept. But yeah, I think that sometimes people do and should push us out of our comfort zone. You know, our show with Sally Hillman, a lot of what I've done with Sally is definitely pushing her out of her comfort zone. She's, a, was you know, afraid to do some of those things. You know, she believed and I believe she could do it. So pushing her, but in a safe way, in a comfortable way, mm-hmm. and that she could actually then go out and do. And don't we do that with our children, right? We push right. our children. We stretch our children. We, we want them to do things. We open... Uh, doors for them that they never thought were possible mm-hmm. and yet they're afraid of that or they're not comfortable with that or they think that it may be a bad thing and uh, in the end it ends up being a good thing yeah i think that's definitely that's definitely true and i think that that concept we reap what we sow kind of falls in that play that place because you are putting that in the ground to grow and hopefully it'll turn into something better right well there's a lot of trust there too when you that with that concept right when you when you plant it you trust that god uh the universe or what have you is going to provide enough water and enough sun and all of those things to actually you know produce the harvest and those are just truths that 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 we believe you know if you're good we believe that life is going to be good. If you're not good, we believe that life is going to be not so good. You know, being good as far as a religious perspective is not going to necessarily save you, especially from an evangelical standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to get you more rewards in heaven. So being good is advantageous in the long run of eternity. Maybe not in the short run, but in the long run, being good is actually going to give you a payoff that God is going to reward you in the end, even though this initial this moment right now may feel like is bad or you're being punished or or what have you you're not doing or being what you want but in the end it's going to justify the means because god's going to reward you in the end so for our religious part of this mm-hmm. we do good because we're afraid of like god's wrath or getting rewarded in heaven well, i think that's two reasons but we also talked about in the motivation show that being motivated out of fear or coercion that it's going to be hard to stick with that in the long run right right so in this case it would be hard to keep doing good your whole life even with the eternal punishment or rewards being the end result i think it would be really hard to live a whole life of that just on that one belief system so but from the christian's perspective i think it's going to be easier to live this lifestyle of honoring god and being loving and good if you really believe that's what god wants for you that being a good person has its rewards in the now. So not necessarily eternally in heaven okay. or whatever, but it has it in the now. You know, you can show your love of God by being good, you know, good to your neighbors, being happy in this life right now and showing and being shown dignity and respect by others. You know, being mindful. Again, we t- I think we've we talked talk about, about that, that every show. show. Yeah. You know, it's not just an Eastern concept. You know, God wants us to stay in the moment. God wants us to be in the moment and see that person and respect that person and love thy neighbor right now and because that's who you are because you're created in the likeness and image of god which is good so if you're good you're going to be good to those around you and that is in the moment that is not a futuristic thing that is right now 
So speaking in the terms of the three that we're going to talk about, and the first one we're talking about is religion. So living the golden rule is what we're kind of talking about, right? right. Well, the golden rule, the concept that is shared by most all major religions and cultures. In fact, Buddhism and Hinduism, the written words are almost exactly the same on that that we believe, you know, do unto others as, as you'd have done to you. So yeah, mm-hmm. you treat people the way that you want to be treated. That is very subjective, right? Okay. So that I think that that's a complication with this because it's very subjective. Some people um, are more loving than other people, right? Some right. people are, are just more friendly or, you know, we've talked, we talked in uh, shows that you're more social than I am. Right. So you're going to, your loving thy neighbor is going to be more probably actively involved with them, talking to them and so forth, where mine is going to be more of doing things right. for them. Than or actually, not being a bad person in general to them could be loving right. thy well, neighbor. Well, of course, that, that's going to be given that, you know, you obviously don't want people to lie to you. You don't want people to take advantage of you. Right. You don't want people to be jealous of what you have not being those things to other people, um, kind of where the golden rule comes in, right? You know? Right. So, yeah. So just good. be good to people and let God sort out the rest. If we could just do that. Right. right? If Christianity <laughs> could just do that, right? That would be that would be the utopia of all of it, right? Just <laughs> just do what God asked you to do, with the, do what the Bible tell you to do, and, and don't worry about being the judge of it. Let God work it out. And, and that would be a great place to live. Unfortunately, I, don't, I think we complicate that a lot more oh, than we sure. need to. But yes, exactly. You know. So this is, so this is the religion part of it. So um, the next one would be philosophical or historical. Right, because I think that also is a major impact in our culture and a major impact in what we believe, right? The greatest philosophers are the greatest thinkers of all time, mm-hmm. right? And the greatest, most of the greatest thinkers. We have some good ones now, but really 400, 500 BC when we had the greatest thinkers of all time. That's my personal opinion. But, um, you know, one of the most famous of those thinkers was Plato. And he wrote uh, a writing called The Republic. And I, I love this because one of the things that he addressed was the Ring of Gaiji, which in more modern times we we see it uh, represented in the Lord of the Rings, right? The invisibility, mm-hmm. the Ring of Invisibility, or more commonly in Harry Potter, the Invisibility Cloak. So what he asked was, if you had one of these objects that could make you invisible, what would you do with it? And I think that's a pretty interesting thing. You know, what, what would we do with it if we had one? So for our listeners, you know, think about that for a moment. What would you do... If you could be invisible for a day or for a week or for whenever you want to be. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. What would you do with it? Would you do good things? Would you do bad things? Um, I think, you know, we, we talked about this the other day that for me, I think what I would have done with it 20 years ago and what <laughs> I would do with it today are two completely different oh, things. Gosh, yeah. You know, and, and I think you asked me, would, would you really want one? And I'm like, well, yeah. I would really, I would like to have one. I don't know if I'd ever use it, but I'd sure like to have it. <laughs> you know, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I think that uh, I think we need to ask that question. What would you? What really? Seriously, what would oh. you do with it if you had that? Option? As a teenager, going to the girls' locker room. You know, as a <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's okay, that's funny. But um, you know, as a at, at my age now, I I thought that, I thought about this when you posed the question. I, I'd like to be a fly on the wall. Right, social settings, right, especially mm-hmm. at work, and yeah. uh, and those people that you don't quite know what they think of you, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think 
then you could really know what people are saying about you. And uh, I don't know if that's the good news uh, sometimes, but yeah, I think that I think that's I think that's a question that we should ask ourselves because I think it, I think Plato was onto something mm-hmm. of being a good person and virtuous. And what does that mean? What would you do if nobody was watching? Because everybody's watching, you know. Right, somebody is. And somebody's watching. Yeah. But if you if you knew nobody was watching, what would you actually do? And you know what would cause somebody to want to use it? Mm. You know, I think that's a question too. Um, jealousy, you know, all those things that we've talked about. Assumptions. We wouldn't have to assume anymore. We could then really go find out on our own. Again, the fly on the wall or or what have you. We could we could see what's really going on. I think there's a lot of people that would use Cause it. chaos, if you will. I think there was a lot of people that would um, that would use it to make chaos in good ways and bad ways. You know, some people are jokesters and would have a great time at, you know, yeah, at, 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 you know <laughs> messing with people. Um, I know people who mess with me all the time and they don't even have an invisibility <laughs> cloak, right? So right. they would have a good time with it. And I don't think there's anything, you know, necessarily wrong with that. I guess it's a bit deceitful because you're doing it in a hidden form, but you know, you could probably have fun with it. Mm-hmm. But I think in the terms of what Plato was talking about was not necessarily in those terms. Right. He was talking about in terms of what what would you do with it that is going to enhance or really detriment to your life? What decisions would change? What would you do differently? Um, because, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, jokesters are going to be jokesters. They're just going to be better jokesters, I think, with right. invisibility. But that's what they do normally. You're not going to have somebody that's going to randomly change their behavior because of that. Mm-hmm. So those are the things. What would you do? What would you change in your behavior if you could become invisible? That's a good question because would it come down to being more deceitful? Well, I think just being invisible is deceitful. Yes. Again, does the end justify the means? Mm. Oh, that's a good question. That's a good you question. Know? Um, but, you know, it presents us with a real question of why to be good in the first place? You know, with or without an invisibility cloak or a ring of gaiji. Why do we need to be good in the first place? You know, I think most people are good because we don't want to get in trouble. Right. Right? We don't want to get in trouble, you know. But this is really this is really difficult because, you know, usually we're wrong on those assumptions, right? We're wrong on those perceptions of what we think is going to be the outcome. Well, uh, I think we discussed this a little bit in depth the other day. You worked in the prison system. Mm-hmm. You dealt with people that committed murder but that didn't stop them from committing murder because they thought they were going to get in trouble for it and you and you've seen this seemingly these people would never do this again and it so yeah most most are especially women are you know uh, most women that commit or have murder convictions were not even present at the time uh we got i got a whole soapbox about that but yeah, I think that the end justifies the means in some, you know. But to the, be a devil's advocate on, on the flip side, you know, we, we ask the question to people, what would you do to protect your kids? Yeah, mo- most people would say that it, they would do anything to protect their children. But then when somebody does anything to protect their children, we put them on the national news as a monster. Right, and that, that does happen. Oh, it happens all the time. And, uh, you know, I'm not justifying murder. Please don't hear that. But there are situations that people feel trapped that that is their only answer. And they are doing it for what they believe to be good reasons. You you know, they do horrible. They may have done a horrible thing, but for the right, what they felt was the right reason. Or that they didn't have any other way of getting out of it. It didn't have any other option. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of that, that, believe it or not, that people 
women especially, that didn't really think that they had another option. They wish that they had had another option now, but and maybe they see other options now, but they, they didn't at the time. So, right. Yeah, but, so we can do really bad things for really good reasons. That's an extreme, obviously. That, you know, that's, a, that's a major extreme. But, yeah, I dealt with that every day. Mm-hmm. I dealt with that every day. And so, but getting in trouble didn't prevent it. No, I, but, you know, in my opinion, I think that there's a, there's a line there. You know, we talked about fake IDs the other day, right? We I, did. <laughs> I, had, I, had, I had a fake ID for the time I was 16 years old, right? And I, I never worried about getting in trouble, but I never, I never drank with it, ever. So, because that, that was the line that I wouldn't cross, because then I was really going to get in trouble, right? <laughs> if I was 16 or 17 years old and I went to a bar and I drank, and then I got pulled over and had to present my real ID, now I'm in real trouble. Right. So I was willing to get in a little trouble because the the benefit, it paid off. Mm-hmm. It was good enough. But I wasn't willing to go a step further because then the consequence was too great. So what's the business term for that? So, yeah, risk and reward, right? What are you willing to risk to get what reward? The, the higher the risk, the higher the reward. Right. So you can take a huge chance and lose everything. But you also have the potential to gain everything. Some so when you won't. had your fake ID, that was that, that, that's a risk and reward thing. Whether it's in an individual or a business, either way, it's kind of the right, same Well, concept. life in general, we do that every day, right? We speed, right? But how much are you going to speed? You're going to go <laughs> 60 in a 55? You're going to go 75 in a 55? You're going to go 120 down the interstate, you know, because it's month of May in Indianapolis. So, <laughs> so what, are you, what are you willing to risk? You know, going 120 down the interstate, you're not only risking getting your license taken away and, you know, you're risking losing your life. Right. And most of us wouldn't do that. We're all going to go 60 to 55 because who drives 55? Right. Yeah, exactly. Risk and return, return is, is, it does really apply here. So speaking of a fake ID at such a tender young age, <laughs> that brings us to parenting. So with good parenting, are we good out of habit? I think so. I think that's where think we learn that, habits. Well, you know, I was just talking to my mom this morning about this, and it was funny. She just brought this up. We weren't even talking about the show, but she is a firm believer in this, that when we come out, we do not understand that running with scissors are bad. <laughs> Um, that touching a hot plate is hot and knocking your brother off the bed when he's a baby is a bad thing. So these are all things that you're taught by your parents. Right. Well, I think coming back to the prison example, and we we talked about this in the Hope Show, that there's a whole population of people who don't understand the core values that most of us believe are being bad, right? They grew up in an environment that it was okay to, you know, to beat your, to beat your spouse, right? Mm-hmm. They grew up their entire life watching, you know, their dad beat their mom. So then they're 16 and they get their first girlfriend and they beat her up and they wonder why the police come and arrest them. They don't right. understand that concept. And again, people, when I have these conversations are like, oh, that, that's not true. That is absolutely true. Right. It, is it may not be true in your in your life right now, but it is true in a whole. Right, and it's a huge percentage of our population. It is not some rare 
random thing that takes place just in the inner city with you know with bad people. Right. That is not that is not true. We all walks of life. Certainly, certainly, and uh, and we turn our head and we don't want to acknowledge it, and and all that does is make it a uh, hidden truth that festers, and then it ends up costing us in the end as society, and it's unfortunate. But um, so when we're asking the listeners to listen or to think about this, do you feel that good parenting is what makes us good because it's out of habit? I think we both agree I that think, we think it is. I certainly think so. And parenting can it doesn't necessarily have to come from our biological parents. No, no. Parenting can come from society, can really come from a good teacher. Mm-hmm. That's anybody that intervened in your life that has helped you to see your vision and see what you really believe to be true, that can that can form a habit for you and an example for you. You see a lot of this in professional athletes, right? They grew up in horrific uh, environments, you know, single family homes or even orphans or whatever, but they got th- that one coach and that one coach led to another coach and that other coach led to another coach. And now they're very, very successful professional athletes right. because somebody helped them develop a habit that then in turn helped them be good at whatever they wanted to be good at, whether it be football or basketball or soccer or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true here. You know, when you, you create habits and those habits then perpetuate into actions and our actions can be good and our actions can be bad based on what we practice and uh and i think that's i think that's an interesting concept and i think that's something that we need to pay attention to i agree and so here's an another one that i think is kind of interesting is there an internal instinct to be good well, from a philosophical standpoint, there are plenty of philosophers out there that argue that there is, and there's plenty that argue that there aren't. Um, you know, my personal favorite being Aristotle in the Nicomachean Ethics, right? He argues that it's habit. He argues that parenting is a huge influence in how that we create happiness for our life. Um, but then there's also plenty of philosophers out there that say that there is no internal goodness, whatever, that uh, we just do it because all we fear is the consequence. And there's philosophers out there that have stated that there is this internal spark, um, you know, kind of what we talked about in with Christianity, because he was a philosopher, Augustine, right? That there is a divine evil in us that we have to overcome. Many believe that there is a spark of goodness in us that we just need to nurture and create as a habit and that that will foster just as much as Augustine believed that the original sin evil in us. So it really depends on the philosopher, the time period, but that's up for debate. That is up for debate, but my debate is I I believe it's a habit too. I I don't believe that somebody's born good or born evil or anything like that. I think it's you are a product of your environment a lot of times. Right, nurture versus nature. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll be do things differently if we knew no one was watching. You know, I think we addressed that a minute ago. I think, yeah. um, I hope I would say no. See, that's what I hope. You know, I hope I'd say no. I don't, is that realistic to think that no, no, that's not yeah, realistic. Yeah, you, know, you that's can't not deal realistic. in absolutes like right. that. Um, I think that you can look at intention, right? Do you intend to try to be the best that you can do every day? being a good example out into the world, make a difference when you can. You know, is that your intention when you set out the door in the morning? Right. And if that is, some days are going to be better than others. Right. Some days you're going to be more successful than others. But 
if that's your intention, I think we need to look at that and say, you know, you can only do the best you can. And when you're yeah. frustrated, tired, angry, uh, those things, you know, create barriers. Jealous, we talked about that. When you're living right. your life making assumptions, it's really hard to show yeah. up in the world when people are watching and show up in, in a good way. Right. And I don't think that not having the emotions, like we've talked about in other shows, is the answer. I think managing those. Like we've talked about, if we get frustrated, we get tired, we get, okay, it's time to back off. Trying to push through it is not necessarily the answer. Right. And that that's there easy. are times it's, it, it's necessary, but not every time. Do right. you just... It's definitely easier said than done. Oh, yeah. You know, because again, when you get frustrated and tired and you're in that moment, I don't know, at least for me, I don't know that I can define I'm in that moment. Not you until, know, later, not in retrospect, <laughs> I could define I was in that moment. And oh, right. I, you know, I apologize. And I was just really tired. But in that moment, yeah, I'm, I'm caught up in that moment. But again, it's a moment. Exactly. It's a moment. It's a, you're not living there. You're not pitching Some people a tent live there. And, yeah, exactly. Right. Some people live there. That that would be my whole point is you know when you're living there. Right. We've, we've worked for people who oh, live there. Yeah. <laughs> right? And that it's miserable. They're miserable. They make everybody around them miserable as long as, as you participate in their tornado. It's just about... Uh, getting outside of their tornado, not letting other people dictate how you show up in the world, right? Mm-hmm. That's a big one. But, you know, Socrates believed that there was a benefit to us and to others by being good. You know, he was one of the big proponents of that, that, that he didn't necessarily, I don't think, go as far as there's an internal instinct. But he said that in the end, there is a good and a benefit to society of being good. Yeah, so I think that that's pretty interesting. But I think, too, that, you know, we talked about being authentic, and, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of a cliche of authentic and transparent and living in the moment and all those things that we've talked about. But I think the more that you actually live in that place and you're honest with yourself, good and bad, right, your strengths right. and your weaknesses, um, I think you would need the ring of gaiji less, right? And you, I don't know that you necessarily want to use it. I, don't, I would not want to use it with the people that I really care about. Because it's, as you said, it's deceiving. Even if I even if I want to be the fly on the wall to see what they really said about this, right? I don't think that's a good thing. You know, I don't think that's a good thing. And again, you know, we take that one comment out of context that we overheard in this conversation, and then we speak that with our truth, and then we make assumptions with it and create a story around it. And oh man, how many times do we cause chaos in our life because of that? Oh yeah, in your own All, mind. That's right. Exactly. It. <laughs> exactly. And I guess it's about who you surround yourself with. And we have talked about this in every show. <laughs> every show. Yeah. Every show we have. If, if you're true. surrounded by people that you trust, they trust you, you feel safe with, you never need to be invisible. I agree. But I think, you know, some people live in a place that they feel invisible because they don't have yeah. a safe place. They don't have those people in their life that are there for them and that would be there for them. And they are alone in the world. And that is true. Now... There's an argument that they've created that for themselves and, you know, whatever, you know. But even I, if you realize it now, I, it would t- be time to start taking steps to take yourself out of that. Right. But I don't know that you know how. Again, you've developed a habit. So I don't know that you, that a lot of people don't know how to do that, you know. Well, good... find that person that you like to emulate That's at true. work, yeah. at school, and just start there. That's a good, that's a good point. You know, I think that the... You know, therapists can actually help. I think oh, that yeah, too, yeah. therapy of, of different sorts. But um, yeah, I think that we 
you think the more people that you have that you're really safe with, kind of the concept of the avatar that we've talked mm -hmm. about, that the people that really see you for who you are, you're good and you're bad, and they love you no matter what, those are people that are going to... I don't think you want to be fake with them. No. Um, but I think that's tough because I think that there's more people out there that feel that they are invisible and that they feel like they don't matter uh, than there really are people who feel that they do. True. I don't know. And again, that brings us you know, to the whole concept of the illusion of separation, right? right. You know? <laughs> um, we did a whole show on that. And do we think that what we do affect other people? Yes. And if you don't, if you don't think that your ripple in the pond matters then you're really not going to care too much of what you do out in the world, I don't think. Because, you know, but if you do believe that what you do matters and what you do affects other people, then I think that you're going to care because you're not going to want to hurt those people. Right. And, and we're talking about, when people talk about the illusion of separation, it's still hard for me to wrap my head around what, what I do here can affect a little old lady in Russia. Okay, I'm not saying right. it does or doesn't, but... It probably does. not. Probably not. I mean, I'm but not aware we have anybody listening in Russia. <laughs> we have people in Ecuador listening, but I don't know if we have anybody in, uh, in, in Russia listening. But, but a, bad, a bad situation or a bad effect will affect the people that are closest to you. Sure. I mean, I, mean, that's I think just it has the, we, to. Everybody knows that. It, it has to. You know, I mean, you know, you go to McDonald's every day for lunch. Well, you know, well, that's my choice. I can go to McDonald's every day for lunch if I want to go to McDonald's every day for lunch. But, you know, you go to McDonald's every day for lunch and then, you know, 20 years from now you have a heart attack. You now affected your wife, your mom, your family, you know. I mean. So McDonald's is not sponsoring the show, people. I just, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just get a Coke because they have the best ones. <laughs> they do have the best. But yes. But yeah, you, yeah, right. yeah. The whole illusion of separation is, is such a big concept. And, and you know, but it, it really is those little things. When, I, when right. I'm referring to that, it's those people that you influence every day. Exactly. The people that you work with. The people that observe you at Starbucks. The ones that observe you in line when the person has 25 items rather than 15 and how you react mm -hmm. to it. Those, those times when the person, you know, you've got maybe your friends in the car with you and somebody cuts you off. How do you react to that? <laughs> right? How do you react to that? You know, do you get upset and angry that they almost hit you and throw a fit and start screaming out your car window? Or do you just say, you know what, man, they must be having a bad day or God, they must be in a really big hurry and just, just let them in. Um, and again, you know, it depends on the day for me sometimes. Now I never scream sure. out the car door, but I'm like, what are you doing? I <laughs> right. Exactly. When well, that's, you know, if we're in a hurry, <laughs> Uh, then that's a problem because yeah. now we just missed our light and, you know, I mean, we, I just got stopped by a train the other day. I mean, that was annoying to me. So, but, yeah, but th that's what the kind of things that we're talking about because those right. people pay attention to that. Mm -hmm. um, and then they're like, man, boy, I thought he was really calm and cool and collected. And, boy, he threw an absolute crazy <laughs> fit when that person just cut him off getting on the interstate, right? And, oh, yeah. But we all do that. And, uh but we need to pay, you know, we need to pay attention because what we do does affect other people. Sure. Yep. So how much does culture and the time in which we live affect our views of what good is? The philosophy, 5th century philosopher Herodotus wrote, circumstances rule men, men do not rule circumstances. He made a very valid argument on moral relativity. He pointed out that if you looked through history, any moral or immoral practice was supported or discouraged by one or more civilization through time. Oh, absolutely. 
things have changed throughout time. And we can look at a thousand years ago and it is totally different than now. Look at things that changed just since we've become adults. You know, for instance, Kate, a friend of ours, she was an executive with a very large, large company back in the 80s. She was the first female She was the first female, and she had to go down two floors just to go to the bathroom because on that floor, they didn't have a women's bathroom. Right. Now, for most of us, this is a... What? (laughs) right exactly we yeah i you know she told you that story i hadn't hadn't heard that story until you repeated it to me recently and yeah that's incredible to think that in our adult lifetime not even just our lifetime right Right. we referred to lifetime but just our adult lifetime our working lifetime that That was that there was a, a a major international company that did not even have a women's restroom on floors and I, yeah, I find that I find that incredible. And uh, now again, that's long since changed. But right, but that that was in the late seventies, early eighties. Right. Yeah, that was it's pretty incredible. But that's true, you know. You know, talking about the evolution of time and, and looking at a much larger uh, historic perspective, you know, our thoughts, our moral judgments, all those things we've done to survive. Right, our views of good and what's moral change as the circumstances and times change you know it's it's interesting you know if you go to italy you know you see some statues that are naked and some statues that have like you know leave grape leaves mm-hmm. or whatever because you know times change and it wasn't okay to show them naked and then they put that and then they took them off and you know and since we're but since we're living in the time that we live in right now right we see what we believe to be correct and more evolved you know we wrap it all in what we call progress right Right. And so we think that bigger, badder, better, um, faster uh, is better now than it was then. You know, the things that we do now versus the thing that we, they did in, say, the 60s, you know, television. You know, oh, yeah. we believe that those things are good because that's the world that we live in today and that's normal for us. Well, having an HDTV is way different than. <laughs> well, yes. You know, that 70 inch HDTV. Oh, that we have. I... yeah. <laughs> As we're sitting here looking at it. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, but things have changed, right? Cultural things, as we go through time, change, things influence us. I mean, goodness, in the political arena that we're in right now, look at the things that are changing, you know. Uh, it's okay to, to lie and cheat and steal and alternative facts and... Uh, oh, absolutely. You know? I mean, <laughs> I mean we've, we see those things, those would have, those, it, we have evolved to that. Right. Unfortunately, that was not acceptable 10 years ago, you know, right. or less. Right, it was not acceptable. So, unfortunately, I mean, you know, again, I, I say that's digression, but unless there are a lot of people who think it's okay, but but historically, slavery, for example, yes, yeah, is come and gone as morally right and wrong throughout history. Sure, you know that's a great example. You know, we both obviously think slavery is wrong, even though there's tens of millions of people in this world right now, United States included of people that are technically living by the definition of being enslaved. Right. So even though it's true, we think it's bad. We also, you know, many of these, many of the most historic places that we consider masters of our history, um, those sacred, famous, impressive structures. Pyramids. Pyramids, uh, the Great Wall of China, all of those type things. None of them would have been, would have been possible without slavery right you know and some would argue that humanity progression that we've done would not have been 
um, as prosperous or as possible throughout history without slavery and being a part of it. And again, this is a perspective. It, we're not we're not condoning slavery in any no, way. No, no, but, no. Well, I'm but, not... you, but it's a good point. It's it's how things have changed and evolved. You know, we're not talking about two thousand years ago slavery was okay, and now we're saying it's not. And over two thousand years, it's evolved. No, it obviously it's a lot more recent than that in oh, our sure in our is. history. So there's a whole museum in Cincinnati that's dedicated right. to this. Exactly. Yeah, the Freedom Center in Cincinnati. Everybody should go. Yep. Um, it yep. talks not only about the Underground Railroad of slavery here in the U.S., but it also talks about current slavery right now right. and the tens of millions of people that are enslaved right now that uh, was definitely eye-opening when you and I went there, yes, right? We, we were quite shocked by, by some of the stuff that we read, so uh, plug for them. But one of the most recent interesting ones as far as business was when China wanted to become and did in fact become part of the World Trade Organization. And the United States and several other developed countries were very upset when they were allowed to become part of the WTO because they use child labor and child labor is against international law so the interesting part of this is in china not necessarily that i agree with what they're doing but china had a very i think valid argument that they came back and said your entire school system revolves around planting and harvesting Mm -hmm. and you used child labor back in the you know turn of the 18th century and 19th century and going into the 20th century, you used those child as your labor. Right. We're doing it a bit different. You know, obviously, you know, we didn't put them in sweatshops and lock them in. Right? <laughs> we didn't educate them. We didn't do things. We, they, because it was all about that's how we survived, not only for food for ourselves, but that's what we sold. That's right. how we made our income. They argued that there wasn't any difference. It was just a, a cultural difference over a division of time. And I think that that is a valid argument again not one that i necessarily agree with but i think it had a valid argument and it had a valid enough argument throughout the world that they did in fact become part of the wto which was very financially beneficial to them and they have evolved Mm -hmm. to what they are today because one reason is because of that so that is a more common you know that was just you know in the last 15 years i think i don't have the exact date but that has been recent that that has taken place i guess it's how we look at it and it's our perspective we believe if you're not good, then the alternative is bad. And if people that are bad in general, they're usually not happy. You know, nobody wants to be around a miserable person except that one friend that's just a tad bit more miserable than you are. <laughs> yeah, again, who you surround yourself with. But that's true, right? That um, we, we live in a duality, right? And, and our kind of our culture does, not as much as some other cultures, that does revolve around duality. There's good and there's bad, there's right and there's wrong. There's black and there's white. You know, some people right. are are live more in the middle. Um, I've kind of, you know. Well, I think that's as you get older, because then that's what I always heard from my parents and other in my my wife's parents was, you know, I everything was black and white in my twenties. Now I just see gray. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely get wisdom as you grow older, but you know, as we've said in other shows, I'm far more an extremist than you are, and so I I really spend more time on those fringes. Uh, than, than you do and but that that is so true that you know even if we may appear to be happy being bad it really interferes with our social relationships yeah. if nothing else right because most people you know I don't think most people want to be bad well nobody wakes up in the morning and 
you know what? I'm going to do some really bad things today. Yes, are there people out there? Sure. But they are, it's so small. And are those people, you know, how much mental illness exactly. is, is actually invested in that? That's not just the normal everyday But we're talking about the average everyday right. person that gets up every morning, goes to work, and you know, nobody starts out with the intentions of being bad. You get that phone call that from a bill collector that's screaming at you right. to pay some money, so then you take it out on the cashier at Starbucks, and then that person goes... That's your ripple effect. Right, exactly. And, and again, those... All of those create a division, right? Mm -hmm. They create problems within our social relationships, and we don't want that. Not at the end of the day. Even if you're an isolated person that you know that wants to push people away and have this you know big wall around you, that's not what you want. It may be the only thing that you think that you can have, or it's a safe place for you. But it is not what we want in our social relationships. We right. want to be happy. We want people to love us. We want to love other people. We want to be accepted. We want to feel important. We, we want to be important to, to someone. And those are all those internal instinctive things, I think, that are just part of who we are. But we bury them because of disappointment, because of rejection, because of whatever reason that we have. You know, there's as many reasons for as many people, right? But, again, being bad, I think... Of what we're talking about stereotypically creates a division creates a problem within our social relationships which is not what we want well and i think that this is where we really come down to you know are we good because it's required in our social interactions not just laws but with relationships with each other i would say yes i, I would say that if in fact you are a good person it's probably generally because you surround yourself with these kind of people. Well, no, scientifically, there's there's a ton of ongoing research about the chemical in the brain, oxytocin. Uh, Not to be confused with right, oxytocin. Right, <laughs> right oxytocin. And it's a chemical in our brain that gives us pleasure from interacting with others and wanting to be part of a social group. And it's represented in animals as well. And it's far more obvious in nature than it is in, in our human nature. For example, you know, in the wild... Uh, those social animals that are pack animals, uh, you know, they follow certain rules. You know, you have the leader of your pack and you are required to do certain things, right? Mm -hmm. And if you don't do those things, then you're kicked out of the group. What happens then is you likely become prey without the solidarity of the pack, right? And you don't have them to hunt with. You don't have them to provide protection for you uh, as a group would. And that misbehaving generally leads to your demise because you're not going to survive without that pack. So we've looked at religion, we've looked at history, and science. But can we have a combination of all these beliefs? Well, I think we all have a combination that, you know, forms our beliefs, you know, especially in our culture. Religion, even if you didn't grow up in a religious tradition, does have an influence in our society, right? And it leads directly to our actions of being good or bad or what we think is good and bad, our perceptions of what is good and or bad. And you can find a lot of arguments for why we're born evil, why we're born pure and perfect, and then those that are an argument mixture of both. You know, for example, we're born good, but our environment, society, and choices lead us to be good or bad. You know, a roller coaster throughout our life, for example. You know, that concept that some days are better than others and some days we make better decisions than others uh, doesn't mean that we're bad. It just means that maybe today was bad. But our intention was to be good, but we just didn't quite make, make it, it today. <laughs> and so I think there's a lot of out there 
on on that concept of that is it in nurture versus nature is it good is it bad um but i think we can live with a general sense of if you're good to yourself you're good to other people everything else will work itself out right kind of what you said in the religious piece that you know just do what yours to do be a good person treat people with dignity and respect even even if that's not how they're treating you and let god work out the rest right you don't need to stand in judgment you don't yeah. need to let those people stay in your life and influence you or, you know, you don't want to get in that person's tornado. Mm-hmm. Stay out of their tornado. You don't have to enable them by being in their tornado. You've got to see the good in them. You know, you've got oh, yeah. to find that strand of similarity mm-hmm. that links all of us together. Stay in that place. Let everybody else deal with the rest. Right. And if you're having a bad day, you're having a bad day. Right. Acknowledge it and move on. Exactly. You know, do better tomorrow. Manage it. Right. <laughs> Make your apologies tomorrow. Redirect tomorrow. You know, don't don't live in that place tonight and ruin your tomorrow. Exactly. Of, um, Just it, easier said than done. Easier, Again, I, especially I, for me, right? Because right. I don't like I don't like to fail. And yeah, I'm not I'm not standing up on a mound being preachy. <laughs> right. But it is about managing that stuff. So. That's right. Because you have to accept that it is what it is. It's going to happen. You're going to have a bad day. You're going to not show up. You're going to be a bad person sometimes. Sometimes. Um, whether your perception or others, because again, we didn't even address that of how many times do we think we're doing good and doing the right thing and somebody perceives it as being bad. And then right. we, that, that's a whole snowball that we had no clue what we were even talking. Mm-hmm. You know, we, no, 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 that is not what I meant. Well, that sounds like an awesome show idea. That way we can address that. There you go. <laughs> Well, now that we've addressed all three of those, religion, history, or historical, and scientific, do you have any final thoughts for us, how to wrap that all into an everyday practice? Well, I think today's show, it was fun for me to think of what I would do with a ring of gaiji or an, or an invisibility cloak. You know, Mark, you asked me the question, would you really want one, and would you really want that temptation? You know, I'm not sure how often I would use it, but yeah, I sure would like to have one, just in case I did want to use it. Um, but seriously, why be good? Is it instinctive, habit, what culture teaches us? You know, from day one at school, we're ingrained that we need to make good grades, right? That we need to be good and not get in trouble. Following the rules of life means that we're good. You know, is that true? Do all the rules and laws propel us to being good or just good followers? The Bible is very clear to be good in all kinds of ways. Most philosophers say being good is fundamental in life for ourselves and our social relationships. And my favorite Aristotle says that developing a habit of being good is the only way to find true happiness. This is something that you need to think for yourself. How do you define good? Where does it come from? Do you believe it for yourself or because others told you what was good? Today's show topic is really the core reason why we wanted to do this show and that was to get you thinking. Our original goal was to get anyone that was listening to spend time just thinking on topics that most of us don't spend too much time thinking about. We get such great feedback every week after the shows, and then it's helped us to get better. Because getting better and being good at this is important to us. For those of you that are listening, we believe we have a responsibility to do the best that we can. So we're about out of time for this show, and we have some great news. Starting January 1st, 2022, you can find our show at livingonpurposepodcast.com or any of the podcast platforms like Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher. 
Just search Living on Purpose Podcast and subscribe to the podcast or look us up on Facebook and give us a like and let us know what you want to add to this new show. That's right. So live every day of your life. On purpose. On purpose.